Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I am your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode, number 339, I am having a vulnerable, real mom chat with my friend, Jamie Ivey. I was talking to a counselor about, man, I just feel like sometimes just a bad mom. Like it's just, it's this lie that Satan throws at me all the time. But I was telling him about it and he said, do you remember when you were 30? And I was like, because I'm 43. And I said, yeah. He said, how old were your kids? And I told him how old they were, were right now. And he said to me, he said, if you could tell her something, what would you tell her? And I started crying. And I remember saying, I would tell her that she's a really good mom. And she's really tired because it's hard work. There's a a lot of kids here with a lot of issues, but you're really doing a good job. And it was like this really cool practice for me to think back on that. Did I do everything I was supposed to do? And you know what? The answer is probably a little yes, a little no, but it is what it is. And we move on. But remembering like that was hard work and I was doing the best that I knew how. And so I hope that encourages someone that's just like, I'm tired. (laughs) This is really hard. You know, and it's not like we don't do things to become better moms. It's not that we don't realize things, but it's also this acknowledgement of like, girl, you're doing a really good job with what you got. Jamie is the host of the Happy Hour podcast. She's also an author of several books, including the new children's board book, God Made You to Be You. She's wife to Aaron and mom to four children three who were brought into their family through adoption. And today, I thought it'd be great to have a conversation around one of the topics I cover in my book, which is when your child doesn't fit in the box and you're kind of struggling with this connection between their behavior and your value and worth as a mom. And so we talk about that, what it's like, challenges that um, Jamie's walked through. And, and we really do center this not about our kids and what they're doing, but about our response to who God made them to be, really helping them see God's uniqueness in them and speaking his identity over them, even if we're struggling to look like a good mom, quote unquote. (laughs) Air quotes are happening over here. It's a really great, honest conversation. There may even be some tears shed. Let's get right to it. Here we go. Jamie Ivey. Welcome to the house, the Matt Clan house. The literal house. The literal house. I'm in the house. <laughs> the first time in years I'm having a live studio audience guest. Let me tell you, when I came to your house, yeah. first of all, I ate at a really great restaurant across the way. Which one is it? Don Mesa, Cone Mesa. Okay. I don't yeah. think I've eaten there. Oh, it's so cute. Okay. <laughs> You're then exploring I ca- my neighbor. Then I came into your neighborhood. Yeah. And I'm driving. I'm not sure which house is yours. And across the street, yeah, there is a house that is ready for Halloween. They are so ready. <laughs> and, Newer neighbors. And I literally thought to myself, I hope this is Heather's house. <laughs> because oh, With because, the Grim Reaper in a boat? <laughs> yes, because I wanted a picture of us in front of the Grim Reaper in the boat. We can still do it. Okay, Jamie. I am so excited because you and I were just talking. We have the teens. We so have the teens. We have been on this parenting ride for a while. Yeah. And we, I don't know about you, I feel like I know less than I've ever known before. Like, this is not something I've figured out. 
I, you know, I, I just texted a friend before when I was eating lunch by myself, reading a book. It was so, it was lovely. Okay, okay. No, don't feel sorry for me. I would have eaten lunch. You would have, but it was really great. Um, but I texted her and I said, the funny thing is, is doing interviews about this kid's book that we're going to talk about a little bit that I wrote. (laughs) I don't know why I, I'm surprised by this. I said, I'm surprised at how much I'm talking about parenting on interviews. And I said, and it's just like Satan that right now I feel so. Not discouraged, not behind, challenged. challenged yeah. In parenting, and you know, you and I, we both have teenagers, so it's like when you said, "I don't know." I feel like every time you turn around, there's something new to understand. That's why parenting is so hard. Yes. Just when you're like, I figured out how to deal with a five year old. Well, <laughs> now they're eleven, <laughs> and that's a whole nother problem. So yeah. I said, "Isn't it just funny?" Yeah. You know, and my friend was so kind and said such great things back to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah. every season feels just. It feels heavy in its own way. Yeah. It feels difficult in its own way. It feels scary in its own way. Yeah. You feel under-resourced, under-knowledged in its own way. And so, yeah, that's where we are. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. the A lot of moms that listen are still in the young years. Toddler, preschool, early elementary. The cutie pie baby years. They're so cute for us now. <laughs> I know. But terif- I used to say it's like being in a room full of rabbits. They're so cute. But also that's terrifying. It's terrifying. A room full of r- yes. bunnies. Yeah. You know? It's like a horror film. So there's this element of it's cute, but at the same time, they hard. feel clueless and it's hard. And so I wanted to talk today about when your kid doesn't fit the mold. Mm. And that feels like, again, for me... I must be doing something wrong because my child is different or I am feeling judged Mm -hmm. because my child is different. Whether they look, act, think, behave. And so there are moms out there that are in that right now, especially with the back to school. Yeah. And you've got the teachers calling or you've got the friend dynamics and the mom says, hey, your son or daughter X, Y, Z. Yeah. And we start believing things about us yep. as moms. Mm-hmm. Did you have that when they were little? Heather, it's funny because when you're saying this, I had this very, very vivid memory yeah. of when my kids were little. And I'm talking probably 10, 8, 8, and 6. Yeah. Maybe even younger. Maybe even 5, 7, and 9. And my mom and I drove from my home in Austin, Texas to my grandmother's home in Arizona. So me and my mom and all the four kids – and four kids is a lot of kids, no matter what. <laughs> it's a lot of energy. It's a lot of energy. Yeah. And that is just a lot of different dynamics. And I remember we were at my grandmother's house and um, I struggled the entire time we were there because I was parenting my kids so that my grandma would think I was a good mom. Yeah. yeah. So I was, I was, I was on them. I was everything <laughs> they did. I'm just like anxious and wanting her to think. That I have my kids under control. That she want her to know that you instruct them, and that I'm a good mom. Yeah, and that behavior was because you not because. And I'm a good mom if my kids obey me. Yes, on the first chance, on the first try, (laughs) (laughs) right away, right away, all the way with a happy heart. Oh my gosh! (laughs) And so, you know, my kids they they were they were not bad by any means. They were just kids, yeah. you know, and we had our own unique dynamic of our family because three of my kids are adopted and they came yeah. to our family later. So there's just, there's so many layers to our family and to parenting and to my kids' emotions and to my kids, mm-hmm. like where they were at age level appropriate things. So or like developmentally. So meaning, many yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I remember being, leaving my grandmother's house and I remember I got back to, to my house in Austin and I had this moment of 
kind of regret and also a little bit of like sorrow. Mm. And it was a moment where I was like, Jamie, how about you just parent your kids to be their mom Mm. instead of parenting them so that your grandma thinks you're a good mom. Mm. And there's so many generational things, you know, that we do different than our parents and then our grandparents. We just do things differently. Maybe not better, not worse, different, right? So yes, that was a really hard time for me because I would feel like I would look around. Mm -hmm. My husband's a pastor. So we would go to church. And I would just really want my kids to be well behaved because I felt like it was a reflection, not only on us, but like, are you a good Christian? Which in my brain, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life, you know? (laughs) And I'm just like, absolutely not. Like good Christians are perfect and don't need Jesus. Yes. And their kids are well behaved. You know, they don't have to get called in the sanctuary. (laughs) Their number Um, doesn't flash. No, no numbers flashing. So yes, I get that. Mm -hmm. And I will, this is what I will say is having teenagers now that still comes up in me sometimes, but I'm dealing with, not that my kids weren't real people then, you know what I'm saying? Especially you as a parent. I'm dealing with like real people who have their own opinions it's adult level stuff. This is even though their brains are not functioning as adults, <laughs> we are having more adult like conversations yeah. and there's more adult like consequences, all the things. So mm-hmm. it's different now, but I definitely relate to that idea of feeling as though my kids are this representation of me. And that can be very terrifying sometimes when maybe your kid is struggling or they have ADHD or they've got trauma from adoption or they've got separation anxiety. I mean, fill in the blank yep. and we take it on ourselves. So I get it for sure. It's, you know, there were times I believe this lie that maybe if I had different kids, mm. I would be a better mom, mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And really, I mean, the chapter in my book is called throw away the receipt. Kind of like you're not returning them. This is, and that idea, even with adoption, this yeah. concept and this fear yeah. that's wrapped in for the child's perspective. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I acted that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like you better perform. My love is based on your performance, which I don't, I don't like saying that out loud. Right. But that is the message. But it comes out sometimes yeah. in our parenting. And like what is wrong with you? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. I, I was just with um, a counselor recently and I was talking to them about how I've always struggled with just not feeling as good a mom as I think everyone else is. Mm, Like this comparison and falling short kind of thing. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I know all the right things. I talk about this all the time with women. I know how to fight it. I do fight it. But just because I'm fighting it doesn't mean it doesn't come back up. Right. There's a knowledge and then there's this heart. Exactly. Yes. And so I'm having to like, you know, work on that. I think probably until all my kids go to college, I'll have to work on this. But I was talking to a counselor about, man, I just feel like sometimes just a bad mom. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, it's this lie that Satan throws at me all the time. Mm -hmm. My husband, Aaron, knows this and he's Mm -hmm. so kind to like, Mm -hmm. not just tell me I'm a good mom, but he'll say, here's why. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh. Thank you. Like, thank you for noticing those things. But anyhow, this is a lie from Satan that I'm constantly having to fight. And I do fight it. But I was telling him about it. And he said, do you remember when you were 30? And I was like, because I'm 43. And I said, yeah. And he said, how old were your kids? And I told him how old they were were right now. And he said to me, he said, if you could tell her something, what would you tell her? Mm. And I started crying. Yeah. And I remember saying, I would tell her that she's a really good mom. And she's really tired because this is hard work. There's a, there's a lot of kids here with a lot of issues, yeah. but you're really doing a good job. Yeah. 
And it was like this really cool practice for me to think back on that because so many times I go back to where a lot of your listeners are with those little kids. And I just think to myself, did I do everything right? Did I do everything I was supposed to do? And you know what? The answer is probably a little yes, a little no, but it is what it is. And we move on. But remembering like that was hard work and I was doing the best that I knew how. And so I hope that encourages someone that's just like, I'm tired. This is really hard, you know, and it's not like we don't do things to become better moms. It's not that we don't realize things, but it's also this acknowledgement of like, girl, you're doing a really good job with what you got. With all you and your kids have been through in the last year and a half, one area academically you may see them falling behind in is math. And I think that's true. Even outside of pandemic, math can be a real challenge. And also it can negatively impact your relationship with your child if you are constantly at odds trying to help them learn long division, for instance. I know that's an area we've had a lot of tears. So Mathnasium, one of this week's sponsors, is here to help. And what I loved about working with Mathnasium is they created an assessment for my son to do online. There are also in-person locations all across the country. There might be one right near you. Uh, They had the assessment they did online. They coached him through doing it. And then they sent me a very detailed report of areas that still needed a little bit of work and that they could address in his customized learning plan. So what I love is that it goes beyond just teaching math, but also learning to think critically and problem solve and just give them confidence in their abilities overall. They don't assign homework, but you can actually have your kid bring their homework to the session or upload it for an online session. And if you want, uh, you can go check it out for a free in-center online consultation. So whether you're looking to get your kids back on track or you want to make sure they're staying ahead with their math studies, find a center near you at mathnasium.com. That's math and then N-A-S-I-U-M.com. Contact them for your free in-center online consultation. Yeah. We don't give ourselves that permission. We don't. And then I remember my husband in the kitchen, you know, these sweet husbands. Yeah. <laughs> like our little coaches. And for the moms who, who don't have that, I grieve with you mm-hmm. because you do need that external voice reminding you and having that perspective of like what we don't see in ourselves. But he was like, does any mom think she's mm-hmm. a good mom? And I was like, um, I don't know. I mean, literally, you've been doing this podcast for a long time and your audience is moms. Do, do you get the sense that this is what we're all struggling with this? A hundred percent. That is chapter two in the book. Oh, I can't like wait to read it. Me being in Mexico. Look, I just got chills because oh. I literally am like. Oh. Being we- in Mexico, you know, when I went with the trip with yeah. Welcome. Yes. And meeting. And the video. And I'm thinking I'm going to meet migrants and we're going to learn about this immigration process. And instead, we find ourselves at a migrant center for children, mm. which I was like already terrified. Yeah. I mean, meeting children who aren't with their families when I'm someone who's like, very pro-family and like supporting. I didn't know I was going to meet an 11-year-old mom Mm. with her one-week-old baby. Heather. And they told us when we went in, don't cry. They're not sad. And I'm like, have my sunglasses on, tears coming down my cheeks because she didn't choose. 11-year-olds don't choose motherhood. Mm -mm. So I'm grieving the trauma she's experienced. And then I'm seeing her and she's a great mom. Mm. Love care presence the end Mm -hmm. the end 
And I, in my broken high school Spanish, tell her that she's a good mom, you know, and give her a hug. And I mean it. So if she is, yeah. what do we layer on that's mm-hmm. like, and even if our kids are literally telling us, you're the worst, I hate you. <laughs> Which <laughs> <And> our, they might. <laughs> and our report card is like F plus. Yeah. I, I just think that that heart, that intention, the fact that you are freaking listening to this ep- this episode, mm-hmm. we don't give ourselves enough credit. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, look, I feel like I'm going to cry over here. Already, <laughs> there's Kleenex right there's the counseling. <laughs> I literally am in this season of life right now where Satan, like I'm just feeling like, and you know what it is, Heather? I have a senior. Yeah. And I've said this to someone yep. the other day. I feel like he started his senior year and I went, oh my gosh, did we do everything? Right. And on, I mean, I can literally say I think we're really good parents. I think you are. You know what I mean? Like From I, a distance, I don't see every day. But. I know, but at the end of the day, I really do know that that's true. Yep. But there's something, but he started his senior year and I just went, this is, this is, wait, this is my last 12 months. And I, I know the reality that he's going to be my son forever as long as God has us right. both here, all the things. But this is the end of a season. It is the end of a season of me having a kid in my house that is under my like direct everyday care. And so he started that senior year and I started just looking back and going, did I do everything I needed to do? And I think that motherhood, I don't know if, I don't think Aaron struggles with this. <laughs> I'm like, do fathers struggle with this or uncles or grandfathers? Their identity probably is more in their career than Yes. It goes back to the garden. It's the curse. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah. I sometimes think as moms, yeah. there really feels like there's so much on the line. Mm. That's what it feels like for me is like, mm. man, God, you've you've entrusted four people on this planet. Yeah. Like in the whole entire world of all creation, you gave me four people to steward well. <laughs> That's a big responsibility. And so I think sometimes I know the weight of it. Mm-hmm. And Satan can use that to be like, see, you're not capable, you know? And it's like repeating back to him, I'm not. But because of Jesus. Yeah. I am. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. And it's like, listen. But we have to like literally preach it to ourselves. This is why we tell ourselves the gospel (laughs) over and over again. I mean, it really is true. And so I think that that happened to me a lot with younger kids because they just felt so tired and like I was messing up. And when do you punish? When do you, all the things. And now that I have kids going into the world, I just, I just have to think, Man, it it almost is a like, God, I trust you that you thought I was the best mom for these kids and I did the best that I could and they're yours. Yeah. Well, and it's one thing like you're saying for your senior who is of the four, that's your biological yeah, child. Yeah, uh-huh, right. The only one. And then you have children through adoption. Yep. And I'm sure there's a whole nother set of lies and the mom who's listening who has kids that are adopted yeah. of ways the enemy tries to come in it's like (laughs) so much you have given so much to choose to place this child in Mm -hmm. your home and this all this like well god chose you for us and our family and Mm -hmm. layers upon layers upon layers of nuance there you know it's almost this is so funny i've never thought about this just now you know saying like i'm not equipped to be a mom without jesus like that's like i just think everything we do in life is like I can't do this without Jesus. I cannot do this without the Holy Spirit. That That is how we will accomplish things. Um, he's a gift to us, you know, and he helps us and guides us and intercedes all the things. I am much easier to say with my kids that joined our family through adoption. It's much easier for me to say, 
you know what? I can't do this without a lot of help. I need resources. I need other people. I need to be reading and thinking and doing all these things. I give myself so much more grace. Isn't that interesting? Really interesting. And because I know that I need the help of other people to raise black children. Oh, interesting. And I, I don't think I've ever thought about this until just this moment. Is oh. that there? I, I, I don't beat myself up about it, but I think it's also because Aaron and I put in a lot of work, and we're not naive to the fact that we're raising black children and we're white, and that this job is so beyond anything that you have the capacity to do. Because you know what? I'll never be black. Yeah. And so I know. Yes. I need help. Right. And you so need I other my, voices. I you need, need so yes. much. I give myself so much grace. And then this one child that I birthed, I'm like beating myself up, you know? Oh Isn't that funny? I never thought about that. I, mean, I think it's because I'm I'm very well aware and because I have done a lot of work on acknowledging what adoption is and how hard it is and that it's it's there's layers and there's nuance. And if you have challenges, it's not because of your failing. It's just the reality of the game. It's the reality of what we're dealing but with here. But then with a biological, you're like, well, no, mm-hmm. this isn't hard for other people. Yeah. So it must be me that's the problem. Right, right. In this little formula. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, it's my interesting. Gosh. I never thought about it. That's really interesting. Yeah. And maybe you just freed up a lot of people, actually. I hope so. You know, and and hear me say, I'm not saying that like we have this all figured out by any means. <laughs> no. What I am saying no, that's is. that's a heart shift and a perspective shift. It is. Yeah. And I'm saying that like I have enough like humility about being white raising black children that I'm very well aware that I cannot accomplish this on my own. Hmm. But you know what? The thing is, I think parenting, I, I'm a big believer in community. You know, I'm a big believer yeah. in uh, people helping each other out. And I think that's the same way with parenting. I mean, Aaron and I have prayed all the time for God to bring spiritual mentors into our kids' lives. Hmm. So, you know, I already told you we have teenagers. So by the time they're a junior, we really want them to have somebody that meets with them weekly. And then that's okay. just us acknowledging hey, we need other voices speaking in these kids' lives. Tell us about that because that's a really good idea. Do you choose them? Is this something by the time they're a junior, they've And the reason we say junior is because it's just easier if they can drive. I mean, they're driving, they're meeting with the person. For sure, for sure, for sure. And it's someone you vetted out. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're on the second kid right now of this. And so the first one, we had uh, a guy who lived with us that we just love. He loves Jesus. He works at my husband's church our church, all the things. And we came to him and said, Hey, would you pray about this? And he said, yes. And so they meet on Monday nights and you know, our conversations with him is like, you don't need to tell us anything you guys talk about. Right. Unless it's a har- unless something comes up that's harmful to him or someone else. Right. We really look at it as like this, like free counseling, <laughs> even though we know they're not a counselor, but it's still someone a place for him to have an objective. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that we know they're going to be saying the same things we do, yeah. but they're going to listen to them more. And so for our, we have another son who's coming up and we just met with this couple last weekend and we talked to the, the husband and said, Hey, we'd really love you to pray about this. And so we're in the midst of trying to figure that out. And the commitment for them is through junior year into senior year, all the rest of high school. Okay. For two years. That. Yeah. That's a really good idea. And you're a Pine Cove family. We're Pine Cove family. We love Pine Cove. And oftentimes the counselors, when they graduate, will move to Dallas. So I need to yes. tap that. Yes, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I mean, and literally, and then we want them to be a part of our family as well. 100%. And so they're coming over for dinner, all yeah. the things. Like we want to love them. That's and so um, this, smart. this, Years ago, a man approached Aaron and he had, um, at the time, probably a sophomore or junior in high school and said, I really want you to pray about, you know, mentoring my son. And Aaron did. And 
they're some of our closest friends now, but it, we just, we really went, you know, what? if we want someone to step into our kids' lives, we need to go out and find them. That's so smart. We need to go out and find them. So yeah. Oh, that's so good. Well, thinking of community with friends, I know there have been times when I'm struggling with a kid and how they are and how they're not fitting in the box and just expectations of who they are and how they're not turning out that way. And it's been the voices of friends mm. seeing the gift in what I, mm-hmm. <laughs> what I think of as a difference yeah. that's like prohibitory to them being someone yeah. I want to be around. Yeah. But like the friend will be like, oh, no, I love this about them because uh-huh. X, Y, and Z. Do yeah. you have those people that you're struggling with a child or when you, they were little and they help turn your eyes? Yes, because I think that when we're in the midst of anything, it's hard to see the whole picture. Yeah. You know, when you're dealing with one particular child and they have this one part of their either personality or character or even just behavior like a struggle. or, a or struggle, struggle, like a what, learning difference or exactly, a, whatever, yeah, ADHD that you're about. really struggling with because you're in the day-to-day. You yeah. see it all the time. You probably see the worst in it. You know, it's so helpful to have some other eyes and ears to go, hey, but you're not seeing this part of them as well. So a couple of years ago and I was just, kind of venting about not liking one of my kids. Yeah. It's and real. it's real. It's real. And Love you. <laughs> Don't like you very yeah, much. Yeah. Real. Yeah. And she said to me, she said, it sounds like you just don't like this one part. Mm. You don't like when this kid does this. Mm. And I stepped back and I thought, they're right. I have been saying, I don't like this whole entire kid. <laughs> <laughs> the entirety of their existence. Yes. And it might feel like that. Yeah. But she helped strong, me yeah. see like in the moment, okay. you just actually don't like it when they do this. Interesting. And that so was good. really good for me because when that thing would happen again, I would have to remind myself, you know, I don't like this. And I'm sure there's things about me that they don't like right now. And, mm-hmm. it, and it depends on what it is. I'm not saying that we didn't need to address it, all those things. But it helped me pull back a little bit and be like, I can like this kid as a whole mm-hmm. and not like this part. And I think this is a hard conversation for moms. It's even hard for me to say out loud. You know, I'm not saying a pronoun because I'm like, <laughs> I got all these kids. <laughs> yeah, I luck out that uh-huh. mine are just boys. That's so right. I just say he. And- so I think this is hard for moms because we start to feel like, is there something wrong with me? Yeah. That this person is driving me crazy. Like yeah. I literally don't want to look at them. Yeah. And um, that's what so helpful to have someone help you kind of pull back your gaze a little bit and say, what is it? And is it the entire child that you don't like? <laughs> yeah. Or is it this behavior or this attitude? And maybe you need to work on that, but it helps mm-hmm. me see them clearer. Yeah. And more as a whole person. So good. That's good in marriage too. It's good marriage advice. This is good in all relationships. <laughs> part of me doesn't like this part in you yes. instead of, or like with our day, like yeah. it's a whole bad day instead of, okay, it was a, it was a 15 minute segment. Exactly. That was Yeah, but hard. we get stuck on that. <laughs> yeah. Jamie is a big proponent of encouraging women to share their stories, that their stories matter. And I agree. I think it's interesting, though, and you may have had this experience. As moms, we often don't share our stories with our kids. Take my mom, for instance. I have spent a lot of time with her. I was homeschooled from third through eighth grade. She even lived with us for over a year. But there are certain things I still don't know about her. That's what I love about StoryWorth. It's an online service that helps loved ones share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. Every week, StoryWorth will email a different prompt, questions you wouldn't have thought to ask, like, 
What's one of the strangest things that's ever happened to you? What were your grandparents like? Which I may have met them when I was really tiny, but I didn't really know much about them. Or how did you get your first job? That's where I found out that before my oldest sister was born, she worked part-time in a school library and she cleaned an office and she was paid about a dollar an hour. These are things I didn't know until she answered the story worth questions. It's a meaningful way to then record these stories in their own words. And at the end of a year, they're gonna compile all those stories, including any photos you upload, into a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free. And you can order multiple copies for siblings or children or other relatives. So if you wanna check out StoryWorth and give a meaningful gift this holiday season, a gift that you and your family can treasure forever, get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com slash DMA. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash DMA for $10 off. That's really good advice. With your kids, have you had it where they recognize that they're different or struggling or, you know, in your book, God made you to be you. Mm -hmm. We'll get to that with Mr. Cactus. Yeah. He has a name. Sammy. Sammy the Saguaro. Am I saying that right? I Listen, This here's the problem. After I wrote this book, I was like, why did I pick this? Because I always say it wrong. I think it's Saguaro. Oh, I like that. Someone's going bit. to correct us. It's fine. Don't worry. It's fine. We can handle it. We love you. Please correct we us. We can handle it. Um, so Sammy, he's stuck. Yeah. And he's trying to own and recognize the gifts God given yeah. him as a cactus. Yeah. But this, this is translates uh-huh. to adults 100 percent to all of us but if you have that kid who's like i think maybe it's about 10 or 11 that they start to recognize yeah. that they're different mm-hmm. in whatever way it is yeah i think there's this great protection unless there are four or five on the enneagram <laughs> to not be aware yeah so how do you how did you navigate that or yeah in our family we are very different three of my kids are black yeah three of us are white and so there yeah. is obvious differences in just our skin tone and where people were born and things like that. So that's been a conversation in our house that is not new or foreign or anything. Yeah. And it has changed over the years, for sure. Those conversations look different when a kid's four than when they're 15, yeah. you know? So we've been talking in our family about different for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think the uniqueness to our situation is that diff, and I think this is true for everyone, is that different doesn't mean bad. Right. But so many times people think different means bad. Mm-hmm. And I think the world does that as a lot. Like well, different do, is bad. To yeah. use the language of different when mm-hmm. our kids see right. someone yes. who doesn't look like them or act like them or has a yeah. physical handicap of some kind. Yeah. 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 I mean, we just had the Olympics this summer and after that we had the Paralympics. Yes. And so I love it so much because that is just so such a good example of showing our kids. Look at these athletes who there is something that's different about them. They either are in a wheelchair, they are blind, they're, they've lost a limb, they have cerebral palsy, fill in the blank of what it might be, but it doesn't equal bad, it just means different. Yeah. And so I think that's a conversation that parents should be and we are having a lot. For us, it happens a lot because we look different. But, you know... When my kid, I had a kid wearing glasses before kindergarten, you know, that was a conversation we had to talk about was why do you have glasses and no one else does? And kids, when that's different, it becomes weird and there's something wrong with you. You have glasses and I don't. And so they become the other, you know, we start to other 
kids name, start to name other call sometimes name call yeah. yeah yeah and so for us just lots of conversations about the way that god has created everyone so different and one thing that i really i mean the paralympics is a great example is i love showing my kids especially when they were younger differences that were celebrated mm. you know it's real easy to look around and kind of maybe even depends on where you live where you go to church the school and not see very many people who are different than you. And I don't even mean skin color. I could mean socioeconomics. I could mean from different countries, you know, a lot of different things. Um, disabilities, you know. Even just a learning difference. Sometimes in learning some difference. schools, that's not an allowable. They're separated. They're separated. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. If okay. you're parenting yeah. kids yeah. and they are not exposed to anyone yeah. that's quote unquote different than them, I think it's really great to incorporate books, stories, TV shows, all the things that we can to celebrate differences mm-hmm. um and i mean i keep talking about the paralympics because it was just such a perfect example this summer mm-hmm. to show our kids people who are quote-unquote different um either because of an accident or because this is how god made them yeah and then talk about and celebrating that so we've had lots of those conversations and what i can say is they're hard <laughs> they're not easy yeah. because there are sometimes if you're dealing with like a learning disability or, or a physical or mental um you know disability there's times that I want to say, I don't know why it's like this. Yeah. And I actually wish it wasn't. And sometimes it's like, did God choose this or is this a part of the fallen world? A friend That's of mine a with whole the, nother... she adopted a little girl with, and then they learned that she had autism. Uh-huh. And she said, like, I don't know if this is part of God's plan uh-huh. to, you know, to grow her, to grow us, or if this was just the result of a fallen world. It's a big theological discussion. <laughs> it's big heavy. What that we book? could talk about both sides. Yeah. I tend to fall that um, that God is purposeful in everything that is created. Mm. We do live in a fallen world, and so we're never going to be whole and perfect until we get to, on the other side. Yeah. And the thing is, like we see autism, we see cerebral palsy, yeah. but I'm broken as well. Yeah, and I don't have cerebral palsy, right? You know, but I have health things that I will deal with. That did God make this happen to me but what i do know set all the theological things aside yeah. is i do know that god is a god who uses everything for his glory and for our good mm-hmm. and so that is where i land on that is whether you think however it got here i don't think god is upstairs wherever <laughs> you know going well that autism diagnosis really surprised me yeah right i'm worried about that didn't see yeah. that one coming yeah who right. would have thought what are we going to do now? Exactly. Yeah. And that brings me so much comfort mm-hmm. that God is not, he is not surprised mm. by our diagnoses. He is not surprised by our families. He is not surprised by our struggles. He's not surprised by our insecurities, but he is a God who's willing and ready to be with us in the midst of those. And so you may have a diagnosis with a child with a, that will never go away until they meet Jesus mm-hmm. and God is with you he is a god that is with us in the midst of those that brings me comfort i don't know if you've seen it but my kids who may have struggled with neuro atypical behavior or other things there's a resiliency that comes with that that things don't aren't easy and inside Mm -hmm. the box Mm -hmm. that they have had to work through and struggle through these conversations what have you what have been the gifts of these challenges for y'all yeah 
I'll, I'll be honest and say that I think that our gifts are going to, we, we haven't even seen the fruition of them yet. Right. The ripple effects of all I don't that. think we yeah. have. Yeah. Like it's things that we're praying for our kids that in the midst of these struggles that we're going to see something rise up out of them that we could have never imagined. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am again, confident that God is going to, um, to use these things in their life in important ways. Yeah. I just stand on that and believe that, you know? And so I've also seen one of my, my best girlfriend who lives up in Prosper, right up the road from you guys, um, her oldest daughter uh, has special needs and the resilience that she sees in her sons who are siblings to the daughter is amazing. And, you know, I'm a little too close for comfort in my family to be able to see that, but I do trust that God is working in every kid's life, you know, and we're, and we will see those things on the other side. Um, but it's difficult. Like I'll, I'll tell you this as well. Like I remember a couple of years ago, we were watching a film about Martin Luther King and they were talking about media and how media has been important in our, in our world and in discussions about racial injustice. And they mentioned Trayvon Martin. Okay. And we know that Trayvon Martin was killed. And I was tucking in one of my boys who's black that night and they cried and they cried and they just said, is that going to happen to me? Mm. And I cried and I said, I hope not. You know, I can't promise I can't promise my kids anything. You know, yeah. I, I just, there's no way I could say, no, it won't. Yeah. We cried together and prayed and I went back out into the living room and my oldest son, who's white, he said, why is he crying? Mm. And I explained it to him and Look, it makes me cry because in that moment, my son was not trying to be insensitive. He wasn't trying to be mean. He was like 12 years old. Yeah. Foolish. But he doesn't know what it means to be a black man. Yeah. And he doesn't know what it feels to be black watching that on TV. Yeah. But I talked to him about it and explained to him. And I thought, God, you're going to create something in him that he would not have had if he didn't have black brothers. Yeah. And so that is something like we're seeing like with my kids having to, you know, being black and raised by white parents is not the easiest thing in the world. You know, I'm not saying it's terrible. I'm just saying it has its, it has oh, its difficult things to it. hundred percent. Yeah. But my son who's white gets this front row seat and he's going to develop. I hope, I think he is more empathy mm-hmm. for his brothers and even for friends of his in the black community because he saw it closer. And I think that when we have kids that are quote unquote different, whether that is their skin looks different than everyone else, they wear glasses, they have cerebral palsy, they, you know, uh, on Asperger's, whatever it might be, the siblings, God developed something in them that they would not have had otherwise. And he does that in us as parents too. Oh, yes. A hundred percent. The refining. The refining, yeah. I mean, thinking of... What would I be like if I hadn't have had all of this yeah. work yeah. I was forced to do in <laughs> counseling or recovery? I wouldn't or- be so tired, but I also think I wouldn't be so fulfilled. Like, I just I like- don't know if you'd want to be around me. <laughs> <laughs> My control issues when I had two or three kids. I mean, woo, doggies. <laughs> when you have four boys, they did not let you control them. Yeah. And when they have lots of sensory stuff and I yeah. mean- uncontrollable yeah and i and and like that said you're humbled and like look at how god is is like changing you and to use a big church word sanctifying you through the act of mothering right you know i people say like you get married and like you have all these like you didn't know you had anger till you got married for me it wasn't that i was having kids all of a sudden i'm like wait why am i so mad and then i would think these kids are making me so mad i'm like 
No, that was in you this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> They're bringing things to the light so that God can work on it. Yeah. Oof. It's not. It's hard. But we're better. <laughs> I hope. We so are. We got, we got a ways to go. I don't know. Of course we do. But we're better on the other we're side. We're better. We're better. Okay. Anything else you want moms to know about this book? Because y'all, it's so cute. It's God so cute. Made you to be you. So it's a board book. It is uh, set for ages um, two to six. Uh, it's a rhyming book, and it's about a cactus named Sammy who really wishes he was like all his friends in the desert. He wishes he could run and skip and and burrow in the sand and slither around like a snake, and he gets super sad. And then his friends remind him of all the awesome things that he does bring to their world and to their community. And then he comes to the conclusion, because he's a very smart cactus, that God did have a purpose for him and a plan for his life. And so I really love it so very much. It's precious, and this is it's going to be one of those ones that parents might say, oh, Jamie, because their kids ask to read it over and All over All the time, again. yes. Was it like Goodnight Moon, you know? I mean, All you over and over, yep. Memorized? Yep. Um, no, it's so great. And um, oh, my gosh, you're so much fun, Jamie. So much fun. I mean, I love having you on the show. This is house. so great. I know. It's great. I love it. I love in person. Gosh. It's so much better. It's the best thing in the world. So much better. Than the Zoom. I, I need Who's over Zoom. Raise your me. Hand, everyone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's something God knew when that you we sit needed down to with see people. people. Yes. yes and see them. It's so much better. And I'm you know you said you're a fan of community. I'm a fan of community. We need to speak truth over each other yeah. so we don't get stuck in these lies of yeah. being bad moms yeah. or kids and yeah. seeing kids differently. We need each other. We do, and I mean. That's what's funny about this kid's book. Not funny at all. But the character Jackrabbit is this, it's just girl Jackrabbit, which is so cute. Uh, but she does that to the cactus. She's like, these aren't true. You cannot believe this about yourself. Mm-hmm. We're going to tell you what's true. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even I have, you know, some girlfriends in my life that I can say these things. I mean, I, I was pretty vulnerable here with saying I, I sometimes think I'm a bad mom. Yeah. Uh, but to say that to them, what they don't tell me is like, don't worry, you're awesome. Like, right. we love you. Right. They tell me truths about Jesus and truths about scripture mm-hmm. and truths of things they see in me, you know? And so like that community is so good. And moms, we need each other so much because here's the deal. If you think you're the worst mom and your kids are the worst, you're not talking to your friends about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're not being real deal. With you're everybody. not being real deal because yeah. we all struggle. Like this yep. is hard. Life is hard. Mothering's hard. Being a kid is hard, heck, you know? And so I just think, man, if we can be, if you can find, and I don't think you need to go on a podcast and share your mess because there's a lot of mess I'm not sharing here that I share with my friends. If you can find those people that you can be 100% honest and vulnerable with, it is is life-changing. I think that to me is what I love when our podcast shifted from God-centered mom to don't mom alone is I can tell you right now, I can say, you are a great mom. Mm-hmm. And I could tell you, like, oh, no, I think you're a great mom, Jamie. You're doing such an awesome job. Yeah. But those friends that see you with your kids, who see when you mess up, who see that their words to you are going to mean so much more. Yep. Or like a mentor, when I would have my mentor come over here and my chaos was everywhere. And I could be like, what would you have done in that situation? I'm literally pointing to the two <laughs> brothers fighting. And she can advise me. Yeah. It's worth so much more. Then you listen to a podcast and getting advice yeah. distant where I do not totally. know your mess. Totally. So knowing people and being vulnerable because I spent too many years, like you were just describing, hiding it, yep. keeping up perfect, yep. make, and that led to an anxiety attack yep. that I talked about on 
mm-hmm. you're before. Like, yeah. it's just, it's too much pressure. Yeah. That is not what God intends. It's not what he intended. No. And he is a really kind God to give us a Holy Spirit and to give us people. Um, it is really kind of him yeah. that we don't have to do, you know, don't mom along. We do not have to do this alone. You don't. Uh, you do not. Nope. All right. We're going to put all the links in the show notes. Um, is there a specific link you want to point people to for God made you? You can get it wherever you buy books, but if you go to jamieivy.com slash kids is a real easy, I know it's a real easy place to get all of the things, all the things. And you have cute merch for kids lately. (laughs) You know what? Kids merch has not sold very well for me. Okay. People are probably like, I don't want to buy it for them. I want to buy it for me. Yeah. That's really interesting. I I know. You had a cute, like, I want to be a podcaster one Loved day. that shirt, yeah. I want to be a podcaster when I grow up. Oh, my gosh. Wasn't it cute? That's such a good yeah. idea. All right. Well, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. All right. Adios. Oh, my goodness. There was so much that Jamie just reminded us of, truth that maybe you needed to hear today, that maybe you just feel like you don't like your kid. And to reframe it, that there's this part I don't like or I don't like that behavior to kind of separate it from the person. So I'm going to pray over all of us moms that we can help believe in who God made our kids to be and in this journey and this process for us and for them of becoming that. Lord, I thank you so much that you don't make mistakes and you keep all of your promises and your promise that you are continuing to remake us, that yes, you created us, but then you're constantly recreating us to be more and more and more like you through the power of the Holy Spirit in us. I pray that our children would be drawn to you, that they would profess faith in you so that you can be remaking them from the inside out and that we can trust your work in their lives, even if it looks like a train wreck with grace, even if there are 20 phone calls in a week from a teacher, even if they're struggling and we don't know how to help them, that we can believe you and we can have discernment and wisdom and invite others into our journey with us, that other parents can speak truth into our kids' hearts and minds, and that it can echo your worth and identity in their lives. I pray for Jamie and her family and her kids and just all of these teenagers in this messy stage before entering adulthood that we could trust you um, in this long game journey. And Jesus' name, amen. Okay, y'all, this is coming out on a Monday. Uh, Two weeks from tomorrow, on October 12th, my book goes out into the world. And our launch team has already started reading it. I'm getting such sweet messages from moms who are being encouraged. And I really, you know, I know you listen to the show and you may be thinking, well, I already know what's in the book because I listen to the podcast. I'll let you know that these are the things I wish I could tell you over coffee or if we were going to hang out at a park. I really wanted a resource that I could hand a mom if she's in a weary place and the things that I've learned along the way. And so that's my hope for you. I hope it is, it's not, it's definitely not a, you need to do these to be a good mom. You need to do these things. It's more of just a reminding you of who God is and your part in this task of mothering and then really helping you reconnect with people. I know it's been a tough year and a half to do that. And so 
I want to encourage you there. And then the last third is really connecting to your kid. And I talk about my anger issues. I talk about discipline stuff and what we talked about in this episode and then um, just discipleship. So check it out, don'tmomalone.com forward slash book. I would love for you to do that. And if you're in the Dallas area, I'm going to be doing a book signing on book launch day. So on October 12th, you can come to the Logos bookstore in Snyder Plaza here in Dallas from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. So on the date, 10-12, October 12th, from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., I'll be at Logos Bookstore. It's owned by Rick and Susan, who've been in the same prayer cohort that I was a couple years ago. They're so great. They've owned this store since the 70s. It's adorable. They just moved into a new space. So bring your kids because they have designed the children's book area to look like you're going into Narnia. You go through the wardrobe. There are fur coats. There's a little lamp post. It's so cute. Curated books. It's adorable. And I'll have some cookies from J.D. Chippery, which is delicious. And I want to meet you So on October 12th, 10, 12, from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. at Logos Bookstore in Snyder Plaza. I'd love to see you there. I will definitely see you here next week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.